Hi all, this is TK and this is a very special podcast of RVE for the HSP, RV Empath, me for the HSP, Highly Sensitive Peeps. Now it's very interesting because from what I know, highly sensitives can be empath, or okay, all empaths are highly sensitives but not all highly sensitives are empaths. It's very interesting. That is what I've read. And from my experience, I also, for the most part, concur. Uh, Being highly sensitive now, however, I think is more common than not. I have a personal theory that most people are highly sensitive. They just don't know it. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Um, But that is perhaps a story for another day and another podcast. The reason why I am putting together this special podcast is to deal with the subject of fear and how we are all challenged right now in our lives to be cleaning up our muck and yuck and much of that has to do with fear so I thought I would do a special something something talking about my personal experience and I hope it can help I think it can many of you know if you listen regularly to the podcasts I've been doing I have had a long time uh, issue serious issue (laughs) with fear throughout my life I don't remember a time when I wasn't scared and it worsened as I got older and now it's something that um, I'm definitely in a better place and I am moving forward with like continuing to heal this very deep-seated fear on all levels of being And it's different types of fear. That's the thing, too. I mean, the subject of fear is so broad, but it it includes fears of all types, right? I'll hopefully go back to that in a moment. Uh, But at any rate, I've been working on healing this long-standing thing with fear, and that has to do with talking on the phone, surprisingly enough. reaching out to people at all like text phone what have you even connecting with family I struggle with that it has to do with sometimes a social fear of being in um, crowded places going to the grocery store there can be an element of overwhelm when it comes to the crowds and to the um, stimulation So it's very interesting. And then there are fears that many of us have of being assaulted or experiencing some sort of violent death. I mean, who isn't afraid of that? For real. So it runs the gamut. And, um, but I have been working on it in different ways through this time period here in 2020 and it is better and that is 
the main subject of what I want to talk about today. Because this morning, these past couple days, issues have come up again. And I have felt this deep, deep fear. And then I started to, I worked through it and I felt better. I talked about it in, I believe, my Friday podcast where I think it might be a life maintenance kind of thing. It's a, it's a maintenance thing. If there's anything that you value in your life, you have to maintain it, whether it's your car, motorcycle, house, relationships, marriage, um, our physical health and body. Uh, when we abstain from any addictions, if we give up drugs or alcohol, you've got to maintain that stuff. So the same thing goes with this issue of fear, because this morning I had this thought, I was like, what if I never heal this? What if this is just the rest of my life feeling this, this torturous, deep fear? And I realized if that's the case, if I have to experience that fear from time to time and do some maintenance, so be it. Because I'm already better off than when I felt it a lot more often. It was present in my life way more than it is now. And even though it's still there, like a low level, it, um, I have had glimpses where it wasn't there at all. And that is vastly better than living with like an, an ongoing fear and trauma and drama within where my like inner thermostat is up at like a nine or something if you're thinking like one to ten <laughs> or an eleven <laughs> for that matter the thing is I'm okay with that Even as much as that sucks to have to say as much as I don't you know, necessarily want it, I can accept it. I can do maintenance. And the only metaphor I sort of have from my experience of it are these times when I'm gripped with these fearful thoughts, right? And sometimes, sometimes it happens at night, you know, and I just have to sort of make myself as comfortable as possible and get through it as if one was having a migraine or something. So it's like an episode of like having a serious headache or, you know, whatever it is. It also, it's comparable to the time I went through when I was giving up drinking. One of the times I, I quit drinking, you know, off and on for a while. But there was a time when all I could do was lie on the sofa, look at the twilight sky as it became night and breathe. And I could not move for like an hour, hour and a half. Because uh, I just had to get through that moment. Because otherwise I would go downstairs and walk to the corner store and get some beer or wine or something. So there are times, it could have been two hours even. But the point that I'm trying to make is there are times when we just have to grit our teeth like bear down and get through it. And these are 
it's never fun. It's never fun. But um, there is another side. There is the other side to it. There's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's actually a metaphor for getting through 2020, <laughs> frankly. But so I want to encourage that for you all, whatever it is that you're dealing with, uh, get your skills in order and work them when you're going through an episode, which is similar to like a migraine, a migraine of the soul and spirit and mind. So when we get gripped with these negative thoughts, work it, you know, work your, your program. It's sort of like, it's interesting. It's kind of, you can think of it as how one uh, deals with giving up an addiction to drugs or alcohol. It's kind of, I suppose, similar, although it's hard for me to say that I'm addicted to this experience of fear, but I can't discount it. My body has been running on certain chemicals, like for ages, having to do with fear. So on some level, my body sort of like craves those chemicals, probably the adrenaline and whatever. That's hard to think of. The fact that I actually, um, you know, my mind. And then also the thoughts that we have sort of lay down tracks in our mind. Um, like the neurons and whatever. <laughs> the electrical impulses that pop off. They actually do have paths that they follow. So when you think of it like that. Um, the mind is kind of addicted to certain ways of thinking because it's a it's like a habit So it's harder to shift and make a new path, but it can be done. Absolutely. It can be done So that might have something to do with it, too. It's very interesting and that perhaps is The key to it all that's my new phrase now is when I when I look at things overall I say, isn't it interesting that, you know, blank, X, Y, Z, whatever. I find life very interesting right now. And that is sort of like queen of swords type of energy in the tarot, which is perhaps now is the time to really be logical and to not buy into our emotions so much. Be logical, take care of your stuff use the sword of truth to to um, free yourself from whatever is dragging you down. Think about that cord cutting. You know, cord cutting is something that I don't do very often, but maybe I should consider doing it more. And it's like this theory that energetically, we can have energetic ties with people that we meet people we have, certainly if you're having a situation or a confrontation with anyone, um, but anyone that you interact with and stuff. So it might be a daily maintenance kind of thing to just, you know, pump up the aura around you and make sure it dissolves any uh, energetic ties that um, uh, that uh, no longer, you know, that don't work for you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good phrasing, but uh, so 
cut off any ener energetic ties that let me think for a moment and breathe that are opposite to what would support your highest good and the highest good of all because I don't like to phrase things in the negative so I'm looking I don't like <laughs> but when I'm saying an affirmation uh, I do my best to try to phrase it in a way where it's supporting the positive I think that's I heard that somewhere and it feels right feels good to me so um, with that I wanted to share some stories with you from my past what I've gone through and different trauma and drama leading to this this deep deep seated fear on all levels of being and it is on all you know in all different areas of life but one of my fears is being seen through windows being like peeped at or spied on through windows so I'm one of those people where I have to close everything up I have to like draw the curtains even if it's daylight and there's a beautiful you know sky and sun and what have you I'm uh, doing my best to challenge myself on that a little more and part of doing that is to sort of examine and dissect the situations that have contributed to the the fear and for me there are three stories that stand out and today I think I will share two of them we'll see about the third because it's deeply personal they're all personal <laughs> but one more so than the others the first story happened and I do want to say as a disclaimer there are other contributors as well there are other stories that I can come up with um, but these are the three biggies that stick out to me. The first one was I got a babysitting job when I was about 13 or so maybe. And I was not overly into babysitting. I didn't have any younger siblings or cousins or, you know, family. And my friends didn't have any toddlers or little kids really. So I felt pretty inexperienced dealing with with looking after kids but when you're a teenage girl it's a great little gig to have to bring in some money so I figured okay might as well got to start somewhere so I took this babysitting job uh, for a woman a divorced woman who was going out on a date and uh, I she lived kind of around the corner and she had a um, maybe seventh grade son or so I don't know but he was like a, a couple years younger than me maybe and then a young girl who was more like six or seven now when uh, the, after the mother left I really connected with the girl and I was playing with her and really focusing my energy on her and the boy said oh I want to go outside and I was like okay or something I don't quite remember the specifics but the point is he went outside and he never came back 
and it got later and later and it started to get dark and I went outside and I called for him nothing and I did not know what to do it's like it felt as you might imagine very helpless and um, I felt helpless and incompetent I called my mother crying I started crying and she came over she drove over and uh, went out into the backyard and she was angry she was like get your butt in here right now you know just letting loose as a mother right you can imagine it so he sidestepped like out of a bush um, in the you know area and he was with a buddy who I knew and that's the thing this kid was awful he and his brother were awful they were such assholes in the neighborhood all right anyway we all know it hey let's just call it as it is <laughs> right so I mean little kids they can be pricks uh, people of all ages mind you and it makes me concerned well whatever there's hope for everyone hey if you were a prick when you were a kid there's hope for you you don't have to grow up to be an awful person I have no idea what these two uh, boys are like now but at any rate they were not a joy back then so the younger brother of these two like neighborhood bullies was with the boy I was babysitting and they just like stepped out and they were laughing they were laughing their asses off and then she's like sent the one kid home get you know you get home and uh, and then I don't really remember that much else but uh, my mother left shortly after after she brought the boy in and um, the mom arrived home not too much later than that um, maybe a couple of hours an hour and I was so embarrassed I didn't I don't think I said a word I don't remember um, telling her so what really the thing that remained with me after this experience was the fact that they were watching me they watched my breakdown they watched my fear they watched me cry and uh, have to, and have to call my mom so and they got enjoyment out of it laughed their asses off laughed till they cried probably right the irony of it I wrote a poem about it and that's one of the lines from my poem is that the tears rolling down their face to match mine but uh, there's in extreme um, unhealthy glee right laughing at causing another person pain like that hmm it's very interesting you know what I, I, I look I'm no angel I uh, 
there were times in my life when I was a bully, which makes sense. Hey, if you're bullied, you kind of become a bully in uh, a lot of the time in some ways. And some people never move on from that. They actually stay in that, uh, that energy because it can, it can work. But I come from the perspective of I'm past that energy and I know that, uh, that it's better. It feels better. And overall life is better. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, but I don't remember getting enjoyment ever from making someone cry. So there's that. Uh, it was more just, I guess, exerting dominance, or it had to do with dominance. But, you know, things like that, um, the experience that I had babysitting, that can be a soul wound where um, on levels that I can't even think of, I, uh, you know, my, my spirit, my soul was wounded. It probably added to a feeling of helplessness and uh, not being able to be competent in the world because I failed so miserably at that job that I had and got paid for. So um, the, way, the fact that I didn't report it to the mother says a lot to me that I was deeply ashamed. Let me move on real quick to the second story. And then I will start to wrap up. The second story has to do with I was babysitting again. Hi. At one of my brother's friend's houses. And this was a big mansion in the woods. I actually grew up in a place called The Forest. A very wealthy suburb of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So there were lots of mansions in the forest. Including my own, ho my own home. <laughs> and... Now, this particular house, his friends, my brother's friends, my twin brother's friend's house. <laughs> so he was one of my peers, school peers. This particular house had a lot of windows. And I have always detested big, large, curtainless windows to this day. So whole, wa uh, like whole walls going up, who knows, two floors, big windows. So I was there late. So it was uh, that time of night, like before midnight, when maybe between 11 and, and midnight, when it starts to feel creepy. It can feel creepy, and forests can feel creepy, certainly. And I was watching TV, but I had the lights low because I don't like to, I don't like to have a lot of lights on when there aren't any curtains, right? So I was watching something and uh, sitting in a recliner chair not far from the window and I could hear like a stone or a pebble hit the window. And, uh, and I was like, hmm, what, you know? And then I just tried to ignore it, I think. And I think something else happened where I heard another noise. And I think I still tried to ignore it, but then 
another, I, I'm pretty sure perhaps another stimulating thing happened, and I don't know what it is. I don't remember specifically. Um, there might have been um, uh, perhaps maybe a vocalization too. But I froze, you know, I'm thinking, okay, something is going on. I don't know what's going on. And then there was movement, fast movement, like coming to the window. And I turned my head to see uh, out of the dark, like figures just like rushing the window. Now, it was my twin brother and his friend, the friend who lived there. Uh, and they ran up to the window and like, I don't know, threw themselves on it. Maybe like, you know, hit it with their palms or something. I don't know. But it was a big like rush out of the darkness. So, of course, I couldn't focus or recognize them right away because it was um, too fast. And then once I saw it was them, you know then they were laughing and ha ha it's a big joke and this and that and I don't remember how I reacted I I just remember the the rush up to the window and seeing them and then the kind of the lead up to that with the pebbles hitting the window and stuff now I probably laughed and was like I don't know actually I can't remember how I reacted but I don't remember making a big fuss about it I don't remember crying so I brought it on the inner you know I I, I uh, digested it on the inside and it hurt that was terrible that wounded me um, so it's stuff like that it's it's interesting because we can get oh Darn, that same thing happened again, folks. The propane tank ran out of um, propane. As I'm recording the podcast, the same thing happened yesterday as I was doing the tarot reading. So I think I'm going to wrap up with that. But it's okay. It's totally doable. I just have to, um, you know, switch over the to the onboard generator here in the RV. It's not that big a deal. But... Um, it, it just this is something that used to scare me this is what's interesting is that this sort of thing like used to scare me but now I can handle it like logically and I went through it yesterday so I feel better able to um, handle the situation because I handled it just yesterday isn't that fun so it's a good takeaway for us to we can handle stuff okay and I was gonna say it's interesting because sometimes I mean a a lot of the time people don't intend to hurt us if they knew oh I'm gonna hurt this person on a soul level they wouldn't do it so it's it's unintentional a lot a lot of the times and it's um, impossible really to say what is gonna hurt someone and what's not so because we could do something with the with the nicest of intentions and we still wind up you know hurting someone isn't that that is so um uh, I don't know what the I don't I'm searching for the word but I think we will explore this topic much more in the future 
the the thing is it's important not to it's important to forgive it's important to accept certain things and work through the issues that have happened and how we're affected and how what we're taking on and what we choose to take on and others intentions and do we want to take on their intentions i mean you know it's let's take personal responsibility for ourselves and logically analyze things that have happened to us and how we want it to affect us and what's the good that can come from it and what are we meant to learn and move forward in our lives okay and that has a lot to do with forgiveness too look up ho'oponopono and other ways to forgive all right including ourselves it's huge but I hope this podcast was special and um, helped you all and it's a subject like I said we'll be going into deeper in the future so uh, until then stay tuned for more and look up my free booklets that are available on the um, home page you can access my website through rvempath.com look up rvempath on instagram and follow and then there's affirmation bear and astrology bear on alexa through amazon more good stuff coming thanks so much for all that you are and do and as always i send you love and peace and wish you to be safe and well thanks so much Mwah.